just full disclosure today, uh, I'm I'm shooting from the hip uh, a bit here, and uh, and that is um, I don't know if you know that expression, but but the the trouble with shooting from the hip is it's hard to get the aim just right. The good thing about shooting from the hip is, well, this is probably an old cowboy term because you're just like that. Um, and so you can respond quickly, but perhaps not as precisely and accurately as you uh, would like. And actually, I, I, was, um, I was thinking about preaching on a totally different topic around, uh, around this sermon, and I mean around this passage. And I felt um, quite challenged uh, by a conversation that I had this week, um, and uh, it, it challenged in a good way, uh, challenged to rethink the way I look at things. And then actually, it's amazing how even just that one conversation challenges you to look at Scripture afresh and, uh, and be challenged then by that as well. And so, um, I'll... I'll that's a bit of a preamble, but I will, I'll go into that conversation soon, but I'll just give a quick um, recap of, of where, where we've come to in this book. So, so we've been traveling through Acts, and I think what we've said every week, really, is that one of the things that we really love about Acts, or one of the things I love about Acts, is we can kind of lay our, our own understanding of what it means to follow Jesus in the 21st century alongside what the people who actually physically met Jesus and knew Jesus and watched Jesus and all the things that that he did, they were able to see that firsthand and they were shaping a church around all that experience. So if, if we want to understand the best way, actually the best people who are best placed to do that are these people that we're reading about in Acts. They have done it because they know what to do, because they've seen Jesus do it. Um, all those subtle differences that, that perhaps things that he didn't even say, but just by who he was, they were picking all of that up, and then they were uh, responding to that in the way that they lived out their faith. We are um, 2,000 plus years away from that. And, and, and so getting back to that, is really important because we, because there's all sorts of layers of tradition, layers of, of understanding that have been built on top of what we get today and how we live out our faith today. Um, and so what we've heard is we, we heard that there was a uh, Paul and Barnabas. Actually, no, I'm going to jump straight into that conversation. That, that conversation I had um, was all about, it was all about race, actually, and, and how we... It was a comment that I actually made that I was challenged to reconsider. And, uh, and the challenge was this. I, I said, uh, in, and I still stand by this because I, I believe it's to be true, but I think what it belies, is, or what, what stands behind it is perhaps some, some uh, ignorances uh, as well. I said something along the lines of, I think we have an amazingly diverse church, and I think we do, and I celebrate that. We have a, an amazingly diverse church, especially compared to the diversity in our community around. Uh, Molsey isn't like renowned for being the most uh, diverse community in, in the world. I, I, I would, um, I would uh, say that that's probably an uh, easy enough thing to, to claim. But actually, we see a lot of diversity in our church community, which I love. And I celebrate, and I think it's amazing. But actually, the challenge was not that that is wrong. The challenge is that actually there's a difference between diversity and inclusion. 
There's a difference between just, that's not the place to rest. You don't rest in a place of just saying, great, we're a fantastically diverse community. It's actually how are we being shaped by that community? How are we loving each other well? How are we understanding each other well? And I think, um, and I think that really challenged me to have to try and think through a different perspective of how people um, coming into the church who don't, uh, who don't have the same life experience that I do, how would they be made to feel welcome and included in everything that we seek to do as a church? And I think one of the things I learned early on in my Christian life, because I was, I was with, uh, with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, um, they, they encouraged us to, to understand our cultural glasses. We wear, we wear these lenses that we are not even aware of. Obviously, we don't, but uh, it's, a, it's a word picture. So we, we wear a lens from which we understand the world. All the information coming into us is being filtered by this lens, and it's changing how it looks. So one situation um, might feel and look differently to us than it would another person. And I, and I had um, an example shared with me recently about something that was seemingly, that I would never think about. I would never think about it as in um, being a, a racial issue, because I wouldn't have seen it in that light. But actually, the person um, felt hurt by the conversation because of all the things that they have experienced in their life. That actually this just, um, even if it wasn't the intention of what the person said, it just adds into this narrative which they've been um, having to live through their whole life in different spaces. And the church should be, the church should be, a place where that is not even even happening at all. So I, I, I say I'm shooting from the hip. It's kind of because I, 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 when I had this conversation that was slightly challenging um, to me and my perception on things, I said, okay, great, I'm going to go away and really um, think about that and kind of get all my ducks in a row, and, and then we can preach about it sometime because it would be a really helpful thing to be discussing. But actually, I need to just really understand this first because I, I'm aware of my own ignorances. Um, but then I read the passage again, and I thought, actually, there's a lot here, and it would be missing an opportunity if we didn't really think about uh, what we can learn from this um, passage we have today. So I'm going to jump into the passage um, a little bit now. So, what we see is um, the, and a bit of background. So we've got Paul and Barnabas. They've gone out on this, um, this amazing journey, and they've been seeing God at work in people's lives. And what their, what their default mode is, is they're always going first to the synagogues, because um, Jesus was Jewish, Paul and Barnabas were Jewish. It was a Jewish movement in many ways. A lot of the followers of Jesus would have been Jewish at this time. And, um, and so the kind of the, 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 that movement was a Jesus movement within the Jewish kind of religion uh, in many ways. And so it, it, that's not a precise um, explanation. There's other ways of cutting it. But, but the, the, the weight was very much in that direction. Then, after they went to each synagogue in each town that they went to, that's where they felt comfortable. That was their kind of uh, place of being able to share the good news because that's how they received it. 
they would then go and preach to Gentiles. And Gentiles are just anybody who is not in the Jewish um, community. So they would go and preach to them as well. And then all these Gentiles were coming to faith. And they're, then they're faced with this question, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with um, these Gentiles coming in? And I think um, this, this is not... A, the thing that I think we can um, really learn from, and the thing that actually I was going to preach on originally, was all about how you can disagree really well, because I think they did an amazing job. They were debating this issue of how the Gentiles are engaging in their community. They, uh, then they couldn't come to a head on it. They, they just had to send over to the mother church, which is Jerusalem. And we see these characters like Peter coming back and James and all these uh, people who would have known Jesus personally. And they were then weighing in on this debate. And what I think, um, what our passage today finished with was this. We should not make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. So that's, that's kind of what I want us to hold around this whole issue. We don't want to make it difficult for Gentiles turning to God. Uh, and... and what got me thinking about this passage in relation to that is I just read, as in uh, listened to, um, this book, uh, again, um, called We Need to Talk About Race by Ben Lindsay. And actually, one of the things that struck me most in this book was actually unintentionally I think there's a lot of difficulty from his experience. Coming to church was not as easy for him as it is uh, in my experience, for, for an example. He shares countless stories of how he has been um, made in a very gentle way and sometimes in an overtly racist way to, made, to be made to feel other in the context of a church. This is something that the church was leading on uh, in, in, in by way of, of seeking after inclusion, not just welcome, seeking after saying to um, the, the Gentiles who were kind of coming new to, the, to that community, removing every obstacle they could to make it easier for them to engage. They were the power holders, um, the Jewish uh, ones in the mix. They were the power holders of that church. But they took that opportunity, they took that power and used it for a, a, a kind of an amazing welcome and inclusivity. I'm just going to, to illustrate that point, um, I'm going to read quite a, a lengthy um, section of what Ben Lindsay has to say. So a bit of a background. Um, ben Lindsay is UK. Uh, he's in the UK, so it's very much aimed at uh, UK church members, this book. And, um, and the, I don't think there's anything else out there uh, like it. He's, he's a black man who grew up in a, a, a diverse commu church community. And it talk, he talks all about his experiences of living as a black man in what was then 80s South London. Uh, I think he was in, um, I can't remember what area he was in, but uh, he experienced racism outside of the church. He experienced racism within the church. 
And then even uh, to this day, he experiences very um, subtle ways that make people make him to feel other within the church. One, uh, not meaning to exclude him, but making it feel that much harder. So I'm just going to read um, this, this passage um, from his book. He says, There is a strange colorblind menta- mentality within the church, seeing everything as race neutral, which can make the topic even more difficult to raise. Many Christians would argue that God does not see color, so why should we? God loves all people the same, judges all people the same, and holds all people to the same holy and moral standards, regardless of their skin tone. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for all without distinction of color. While this is all true, we cannot ignore the other end of the spectrum, color consciousness. We cannot and should not ignore, disregard, or overlook how God made each of us individual. As Isaac Abraham said, Isaac Adams said, we love people less when we ignore how God made them, and we are nothing without love. Jesus was born at a specific time in a specific culture and given a specific identity. God is all about the detail. Then he, um, ben Lindsay goes on to say, while some Christians will view a colorblind, colorblind approach as a positive thing, a demonstration of loving all regardless of race, there is also a danger that if, if white church members do not have a degree of color consciousness, They will ignore the realities, concerns, joys, and fears people of color experience. This is imperative because being color conscious conscious, gives white people license to explore and learn about diverse cultures and help people people of color to feel valued and welcomed in traditionally white spaces. Finally, color consciousness brings the truer representation of God's value of diversity into the body of Christ, helping to bring the glorious melody of diverse tongues coming from peoples of all nations, all colors, praising him together around the throne in diverse ways. So what, um, linking that back to what we are thinking about in our passage today, I think that there's three key points I'd like to draw out. And the first, um, have I already made it? Oh yeah, um, the first is here. It's, it's talking about the fact that actually there's an acknowledgement in what he said there. And in, if you read this book, which is going to be the homework, I'm going to give us actually two, two minutes at the end um, for everybody to order this on Amazon uh, or, or other, other, book, um, other book places. Uh, we don't get sponsored by them. Um, and I'm going to buy uh, five copies and pop them in the back. So if you don't have, I don't have it yet because um, I'm shooting from the hip today. Um, and because uh, and I'd like us all, there's, this, this topic is, is, um, is a big one and needs more conversation than just one sermon. And, um, but but one, one of the things we, I think we learn from this passage is that there's an acknowledgement that what is easy for some people, for some people might find it very easy and very comfortable and just say, St. Mary's is, is such a welcoming place. And that might be true. 
but it may not feel that for everyone. So there's an acknowledgement in what the, the disciples were dealing with is that um, it might be easy for the Judaizers, they were called, these, these um, guys with the cool name, but not, they weren't very cool dudes. They were pretty um, narrow-minded. They, uh, they were telling the Gentiles that they needed to be circumcised and take all the ritual food laws seriously. So what was easy for them, they were impressing on others. But, um, but some of the things that we do, it's possible it makes it hard for others to feel welcome. And, th and that's not just an issue of race. That could be all sorts of uh, things that go on within the church. So there's an acknowledgement that that is just the reality of culture as it shapes. And then the second one uh, is about power and responsibility. I think um, uh, it was... Somebody before, probably, but I only know um, Spider-Man talks about power and responsibility. With great power comes uh, great responsibility. And I think, so if, if, um, if there is a kind of status quo within the church that is in any way making it hard for people to feel welcome, um, that needs to be challenged. And those structures need to be uh, removed. Those barriers need to be taken down. And, um, and I, I mean, this, I'm not suggesting that we're able to, to do this, um, and, and there's a whole other debate around this, but I think one of the examples that Ben um, makes in this book is about you walk into a building um, and there's stained glass Jesus who's looking very white and very European, and actually that's not at all what he looked like obviously, um, historically, it didn't. Uh, and so, um, but what, does, what are these signals sending to people um, that aren't like that? Not the, I suggest um, some of the wrong ones, and that's what Ben Lindsay is saying in his book as well. So I'm not, sorry, I'm not saying we're going to break all the windows um, necessarily, but, but, but we could do. Mary said we could do. Mary, Mary if, if anyone shoots from the hip, it's Mary. Uh, so if she's holding a rock, uh, then, then somebody intervene, please. Um, um, where am I now? I think you've almost had enough... Um, from me. Um, I, I, as I say, this is it's not fully formed. I'm sure I've, shooting from the hip means you, you miss as many times as you, um, as you hit. Um, and so I, 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 I don't suggest that everything I said was um, perfect and I've probably misspoken. And it is actually quite a frightening um, conversation to talk about at the best of times. Um, because actually there's so much pain, there's so much, um, it's such a personal thing. But I suppose what I'm trying to say this morning is I hope that as a community we can be a safe space to have those open conversations, that we can learn from each other, that we can um, not just be inclusive and welcoming to everybody who we see around us, but, but it be even more that people who just walk by will know us by that. I was, um, this is completely off topic, but I was, uh, I, well, I'll try and link it back, but um, I, do you, does anyone know the company Lush? Uh, they do like perfumes and stuff. Um, <clears throat> they, 
They do like, uh, I was thinking about it because I, I went and did a perfume making session with Judah and Ava and we had a great time. Um, it sounds really random, but it was, it was fun. Um, and uh, so we went into Kingston and then now our house is like full of Lush products. But um, this is getting somewhere, I promise. Um, the, the, I was thinking about it and actually they don't, I don't think they advertise at all. They look like, I, I've not seen any advertisement from them. Their website is fine, but it's not like they're not kind of sending spam out. They're not doing anything. They literally have amazing ingredients. They just use like, again, I'm not, not sponsored by Amazon or Lush today, but, uh, but they just use these amazing ingredients. And they smell amazing. If you've ever been to Kingston, you can't walk by without, um, without kind of sensing that something is different there. And actually... We can make everything really glossy. I, we put up an amazing photo, um, photo of Mary and I. Uh, well, the, the photo of us is an amazing. Sorry, the poster is amazing because Cy developed it. Um, and it says, you are welcome here on it in big letters. That's just gone up uh, yesterday. So we can make it look beautiful like that. We should. But actually, are we able to, to at the essence, at the very base, will we, are we going to be smelling of a place that's welcome? Are we going to, in, if we boil it down to the bare ingredients, is that who we are? I love it if we don't have to advertise uh, too widely, but people just hear about us. They know that it's good people with good intentions that love each other in this place. And I think we're 95% of the way there, but I just think that we, we have room to grow. I do, anyway. I know I do. And so that, that's my kind of hope and prayer um, that out of, out of what I've just um, babbled on about, um, we, might, we might move forward in, in this area and all sorts of others in being an inclusive and welcoming place to everybody who would be uh, willing to join us. And so I said, I promised I'd give you two minutes. Um, that two minutes is now. I'd love for us to all order this book. And I would say I'll just buy a bunch and get them here for next week. But actually, there's something in, if you buy it, I, I tend to find um, you're more likely to read it. So that's, that's part of the motivation there. So I, if, if you're willing to join me, Audible. I actually, I do it on Audible. Again, Amazon related. But I listened, and, and actually... Um, it's Ben Lindsay who does it, and Mary's taught me this new trick, which is you can turn it to like double speed, and if you're a good listener, um, you can really fly through books. Um, and, uh, and so here's your moment. If you want to download it on Audible, it'd be like seven pounds for a credit. If you want to buy it on Amazon, um, Maybe we could have some mood music in the background for two minutes whilst we all um, do some online shopping. Um, but if, if it's going to be tricky to afford um, the book, then, then I will be buying five copies and I'll pop them up in the back there um, by next Sunday and do just kind of sneak in and, and take them or, uh, or during the cafe time. But here's your online shopping session. Breathe.
I think people are <clears throat> people are texting now. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> that's the only uh, tricky bit there. Um, I think we're just gonna we're gonna worship now together. So let's stand, and I'll just just pray for us as we do. Lord, we thank you that you um, have welcomed us in. Lord, we thank you that you that we're here this morning, that we're worshiping you, that we even know about um, a Sunday gathering in East Molsey is because you've met us and welcomed us in. We thank you that you've removed every barrier that's come before us in, in being able to experience your love. We pray we just might be more aware of how we offer that to others, how we offer that to each other, and how we give thanks to you for what you've been willing to do for us. <clears throat> 